Welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. Dyson's here. And this is Dark Adaptation. Part two of the Nitari Village serial murders. So if you're just joining us, hello. Hi. But what are you doing? This is a part two. Get your silly little ass back and listen to part one, you crazy. Scamper that ass back to the other episode. What are you doing, crazy? You don't start with part two. <laughs> are you fucking, are you insane? <laughs> you are, you are fucking crazy. You are fucking high. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Pineapple Express. (laughs) You are high as a fucking kite. I was going for Step Brothers. You're embarrassing yourself, you geriatric fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love Step Brothers. You are fucking high. You are are fucking high. Shut off Shark Week. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair reaction. (laughs) Why are you so sweaty? Such raw power. <laughs> oh, I was I was watching cops. Oh my god, I forgot about that line. Why are you so sweaty? It's watching cops. It's weird because someone definitely touched my drum set. And cops doesn't come on until nine. Until four. Four. Sorry. All right. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's four or five. It's American I TV. I don't know. Fuck. Anyway, this isn't about Step Brothers. Hi, welcome to our movie review podcast. We've changed things up. We're sick of true crime. Yeah. <laughs> if, we're going to dive right into Step Brothers. Yeah, stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> I would do The Outsiders. Uh, again, it was Step Brothers. <laughs> I'm already sick of this movie review podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do it with this kid. No, you really shouldn't. <laughs> Steven, Leo, are you listening? Can I please join Spoils of Horror? <laughs> Have you seen Garden State? <laughs> <sighs> I think we should dive right in because that's what the people are here for. I mean, it's part two. You know what you're in for. Yeah. You already got the prelude. Here's the whole lewd. <laughs> Speak, speaking of lewd. Oh, no. This one's rough. Just a reminder. Yeah. We're, we're talking about horrible things that happen to children. It's pretty gruesome. It's dark. Um, but then again, you're at dark adaptation. So uh, just take care when listening. All right. Yeah. I, well, since it's part two, I'll just give a quick sort of recap of okay. part one. So um, I, I gave you a really brief rundown of Noida, which is in Uttar Pradesh, India. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the horrible events unfolding in Nitari village, which is the quiet suburb of Noida. Specifically, we were talking about this luxurious home located at D5 in sector 31, which was owned by millionaire businessman Moninder Singh Pandir, who lived there with his manservant, Surinder Kohli. I told you about both of these freaks. We kind of went into a little bit about their lives, how they were arrested, and Kohli had immediately confessed to the murders. Mm -hmm. I gave you an overview of the events, like the remains being uncovered, the items seized from the property, and the tensions that were playing out. So the angry residents, uh, their allegations of police negligence, mm-hmm. 
mob mentality, rock throwing competitions. Yeah, the rock fight. Yep. So that's what we were talking about in part one. Mm-hmm. And when we left off, we were headed for the primary investigation. Yeah. And just also before you jump in, mm-hmm. I just want to say how good a job you were doing because I just realized that all of the like this the the location that you're talking about with the with the bungalow and the people involved, I have pictures for every single one of them. Almost like when you're reading a book and then you watch the movie and then when you watch the movie, you're like, the movie got the characters wrong or the location wrong. You're in your head, it's right there. I've got that going. So just wanted to let you know, oh damn good job. Yeah, Such a big compliment. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, it's only, reason- only one you get. <laughs> and I will thrive off of it. Yeah. <laughs> My Taurus ass will just absorb it all. Yeah. I uh, actually really appreciate that because the research for this was very hard. Yeah, I can tell. There's so much detail. The oh, it was a ride. But thank you. That's oh my god. <laughs> thank you. I'd like to thank myself <laughs> and the academy. I'd like to thank Jesus, and... God, my mom, and most importantly, me. <laughs> me. I just want to thank me. So remember, Coley and Pendier were in custody. The investigators told the magistrate that they needed more time to further interrogate Pendier and Coley because they needed more information that would help them complete the recovery and identification of the victim's remains. Understandable because the remains are in very rough state. Right. And I mean, at this point, they had like bulldozers, excavators, just digging up randomly in the area. And also the amount of time that's passed for 30, <sighs> how many? Eight. 38. 38 confirmed children were missing. That's a lot of time. And it was like two years, like not even two years. In the water or buried though too. The, we'll get into what was in the water and what was buried. Oh boy. Everyone hold tight, okay? Do you have a seatbelt? <laughs> yeah, honestly, if you aren't buckled up right now, you're living life a little too dangerously. So on January 1st, 2007, so just a few days after the arrest was initially made for Pandir and Coley, mm-hmm. the remand magistrate granted the police custody of the men, and they were granted custody until January 10th. So the investigators were starting 2007 off with a bang Mm -hmm. they got this extended custody of their accused they went to pandir's residence in chandigarh to conduct a raid and interrogate his wife and son about his habits and they were also granted permission to conduct narco analysis so they were getting everything they needed Uh, um, at this point um help what is narco analysis um I really appreciate that question. Yeah. And you know, I'll get into it. Okay. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> Ask again. What is narco now? No! <laughs> <laughs> Ask again when you hear it again later, okay? Okay. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Oh my God. Stay tuned. Yeah. So because they were granted permission to go and raid the Chandigarh residence and talk to the people that lived there, which was just Pandir's wife and son. Mm-hmm. 
they did. They spoke to them. They interrogated his wife. They interrogated his son. They wanted to know about his habits and the type of person that he was. And they claimed that their relationship with him was strained. Uh, so they they couldn't help much. Like, oh, well, he's never here and we don't actually really like him or talk to him. So we can't help you. Okay. This was a total lie. Yeah. It, it, he was, it's The only thing that's true is that he wasn't there all the time. Right, yeah. But it wasn't strained. Like, it was still a normal relationship. They were still married. Mm -hmm. So they had had this good relationship with him. They just, when the cops were like, that's odd. uh, The wife was like, okay, sorry. Yeah. Everything's fine. What I meant was he's a stranger in my own home. (laughs) Oh my like, God, are, you are, you, are you reading my notes? That's a quote. <laughs> yeah, I lifted it. <laughs> I, I think that they maybe we're just af- afraid because of this surprise raid, or maybe they knew he was a freak. I'm not I'm sure. I'm sorry. 38 kids are missing. You don't get to use that. Mm-hmm. I don't care how scared you are. You still have to be like, well, here's everything I know. Right. Yeah. So they did eventually talk and they were like, okay, well, he, I can't speak to his habits, but all I can say is that his, like, his behavior is normal. He seems pretty normal. Mm-hmm. So following this raid, the wife, Devinder, and their son, uh, Karen, they actually barricaded themselves in their home. They blocked off the gate leading to their home. They avoided contact with everyone. They covered the license plates on all of their vehicles with cloth. They just went into hiding. They were like, fuck all of this. Maybe because like, because the mob would fucking kill them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't. I don't think that they. I think they were taken totally by surprise. I think they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I could see it. And I, they I just, yeah, were barricading themselves in like, who we don't want anything to do with this. Plus, at this yeah. point, it's into January. So it's been a few, a few solid days of God knows what sort of media reporting. Yep. And they were just like, oh, we oh Lord. No, yeah. thank you. Yep. Pandir also owned a farmhouse in Ludiana. And a series of searches were conducted at that farmhouse um and the surrounding area but there was Mm -hmm. nothing noteworthy found okay i don't know how many other properties he owned but i really quite a few yeah i was just reading about how he had all these different properties but um no no matter where they searched and including the the chandra chandra house Mm -hmm. nothing was found there either so it was just the nitari residence okay by january 2nd 15 of the at least 38 recovered victims were identified. Okay. 10 of them were girls, and they Mm -hmm. were identified by Coley when he was confronted with the photographs of missing children. Because remember, at the beginning, those parents who had known that the property was getting sort of excavated and searched Mm -hmm. they came rushing down with photos right so they used these photos of all of the at this point allegedly missing children i have to say allegedly because the fucking police did not take any sort of reporting i was gonna say they wouldn't have to you know collect all the photos from these family members who rushed to the goddamn canal Mm -hmm. in hopes of just in hopes of just finding the the remains they would have had it on file because they would have filed the goddamn FIR. 
I know, and actually that just makes me think maybe they didn't even know that they were dead, that they were remains. Maybe they came with photos because they were hoping that kids were recovered from the home. Oh, God. Yeah, you're probably right. Devastating. Yeah. So these photographs of the missing children were shown to Coley. He identified 10 of the girls uh, that he... He, he admitted to mur- murdering, raping, and dismembering. Yep. The remaining five, because remember at this point it's 15 are identified. The remaining five were identified by family members after being shown uh, belongings that were recovered from the scene. Mm-hmm. So there was pieces of clothing, slippers, rubber sandals, toys, stuff like that. Okay. And the people who said they had a missing child looked at everything and mm-hmm. could say like, yeah, that's my my sons that's my daughters whatever yeah it was determined that the bones that had been recovered from the property were no more than two years old oh my god so it all fits with these kids that started going missing in uh march of 2005 yeah because they were these and it happened so fast yeah yeah On January 4th, 2007, Pandir and Coley were brought to the Directorate of Forensic Sciences in Gandhinagar City in order to undergo brain mapping and polygraph tests so that they, people who were conducting the tests could analyze their responses to pictures of the victims. Mm-hmm. The results of brain mapping and polygraph tests cannot be admitted into court mm-hmm. uh it's not evidence that can be submitted that a judge or jury can review right so the tests uh, were to be used mainly to gather information and sort of guide <sighs> investigators to like potential clues evidence whatever mm-hmm. it's just like anything like a like a helpful guide mm-hmm. to something yeah. yeah and when you're questioning a potential uh suspect mm-hmm. or the suspect in this case it kind of opens up this dialogue that hopefully they'll start revealing information yeah i'd imagine it makes them sweat like a motherfucker i can picture coley having meat sweats yeah yeah oh ew given everything okay sorry <laughs> january 5th Chief Minister of Uttar Pradesh at the time, Mulayam Singh Yadav, announced that the state would seek a CBI inquiry into the matter, but they were contacting the CBI to get involved because they were finally realizing the magnitude of the situation. They knew that they needed to bring in the big guns. Plus everyone is saying like everything here is corrupt and it's fucked up and no one knows what they're doing and we can't trust anybody. So we need the CBI to get involved. I can't believe that they brought in the Canadian Bureau of Investigation (laughs) on this matter. Canadian. It's the Central Bureau of Investigation. Thank you. <laughs> and it's for, it's it's obviously in India. We are in India. But to have the CBI come in for an investigation that should be handled, jurisdiction-based, even though it is a big case, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Because 
you would maybe need the CBI to come in to give some sort of analysis or like a second opinion or something. They shouldn't have to come in to literally conduct your investigation for you and go over everything you've already done. That's why fucking jurisdictions exist in the first place. And the, so Mulayam Singh Yadav was like, yeah, we're going to ask them to come and help because, uh, oopsie doodle. Yeah. Yeah. Oopsie doodle is fucking right. (laughs) On January 9th, Pendier and Coley underwent narco analysis. Hey. Hey. I'll call back here. What's narco analysis? Oh my God. Nison. It's crazy that you asked this. It really is. So, narco analysis is, well, first of all, very controversial. And it's actually illegal to do in most places. Can I guess what it is before you tell me what it is? Yeah. Do they get them really high and then start asking them questions? Um, you are not far off. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was imagining like if I was a cop that had zero ethics, but also zero oversight, what would I do? And I was like, I don't know. Get, get them real fucking high and ask them a bunch of questions. Get them ripped out of their fucking yeah. board. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just get them real high, put them in a dark room, and then just start yelling, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, like I said, you're not far off, but it's when you do narcoanalysis, you actually use this. It's um, an intravenous administration of drugs. Mm-hmm. So, it's usually a drug called sodium pentothal. Oh. A.K.A. Truth serum. Yes. Okay. So gotcha. they do the truth serum. And like I said, it's illegal in most places. Nowadays in India, um, it's illegal unless the court approves it. Okay. So can it has to be approved by the court. And then whoever the um, sodium pentothal will be administered to, they have to give consent to mm-hmm. be given it. And then there has to be specific safeguards in place, you know, probably like enough people around to witness and document it and whatever. Like a doctor on site. Yeah. Hopefully not the one that might be accused of (laughs) organ harvesting. (laughs) This is a hell of a ride you're taking us on, by the way, that I can even say that. Yeah, I'm just going (laughs) to touch on a little bit of everything. Yeah. So back in 2006, I have no idea if this was the case, if it was seen as illegal, if you had to have these safeguards, this consent and whatever. But it fucking happened. But basically... They went. They underwent narcoanalysis, and it is just uh, being administered truth serum. Mm-hmm. And it's the the purpose of administering somebody with truth serum is to you know like oh well if they if they have this in their system it's a type of anesthetic almost where you will be laid back. It's supposed to make you relaxed, and it will help restore. Like memories. Yeah, I was wondering like what that would feel like. Yeah, so if they're all drugged up, they're like loosey goosey. It'll bring, it'll make them tell the truth, and and it will recover memories that they maybe didn't want to talk about. Okay. So that's basically what narco analysis is. Mm -hmm. So again, same thing with the brain mapping and the polygraph tests. The results of narco analysis can't be admitted into court as evidence, but it's used. The same way, gather evidence, see if there's leads that investigators can take, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So Coley w- underwent testing first because Pandir complained of chest pain and low blood sugar and he had to be hospitalized. 
like they he just he was just saying that before he, before it happened he was most likely just being a big bitch baby yeah it sounds like it. but he was hostile they did we're like oh fuck okay fine so they did test his blood sugar i can't tell you if it was low or not but uh he was quickly discharged and they were like okay great so thanks for wasting our time but you're still gonna do the testing yeah if you had low blood sugar like the funny thing is like you know how you treat that you give him a juice box give him a juice box eat a fucking donut i don't know snort a line of sugar (laughs) (laughs) don't snort sugar (laughs) what Hmm? you snort pixie sticks genius (laughs) Genius. it's got flavor So even though Pandir was seemingly resistant, complaining about his chest pains and low blood sugar or whatever, mm-hmm. apparently they both in the end were very cooperative during the tests. And the conclusions that the people administering the tests came to, mm-hmm. for Pandir, it was very brief, the um, results I could find. They basically declared that he was a depressed womanizer who liked alcohol and they believed used Coley to find him sex workers. So so having hosting these like big lavish parties and entertaining uh, big name guests, Mm -hmm. he would just be like, yo, Coley, go out and and bring back some ladies of the night, would you? Great, thanks. Coley's his fixer. (laughs) Yeah. It's his manservant. His Mervin. So that was the results from Pendir. That's yep. it. Okay. Syring- that's, honestly, that's a lot less than I was expecting. I know. Yeah. I tried to find more, but that's what we get. Coley, on the other hand. <laughs> the, <laughs> guy who, the guy who just sung like a songbird yeah. the second he got caught. He's the grossest little songbird. What did Coley say? Okay, so Coley... Coley, sorry. Coley, first of all, he hardly ever showed any remorse or emotion... Uh, while he was having these tests done. The only time Mm. that he ever got emotional was when he was questioned or forced to talk about his daughter, Simran. Okay. It's the only time that he showed emotion. Otherwise, he was just stone cold and delivered Peak fucking irony right there. No kidding. He had confessed to the crimes, again, and said Pendir was innocent. He he claimed that Pendir was completely unaware of what Coley was doing. He said that he killed all of his victims by strangulation, and it was out of sexual frustration because he was a necrophiliac. A pedophile necrophiliac. Mm-hmm. He's a real winner. Like, someone have a checklist? What am I not talking about? <laughs> God, you, honestly, at this point, I don't think that checklist exists. So he said that he would strangle his -hmm. victims to death. Yep. He would then rape his victims. He would take the bodies of his victims to his personal washroom in D5, and then he would dismember them. He would cut the bodies into pieces, dump the bigger bodies into the drain behind D5, and the smaller body parts in the main drain. Sometimes he would bury them in the yard instead, depending on how much time he had or how big the body parts were. Okay. 
when he was asked what he had done with the missing torsos of the victims, because remember, I had said a lot of the, the bodies that were being uncovered had no torsos. Mm-hmm. Coley confessed that he was eating some of the organs. He was cutting up the rest and flushing them down the toilet if he didn't feel like eating those parts or didn't want them or whatever. What the fuck? Yeah. How would no... Mm-hmm. No one noticed? I... Oh, I just took it to my personal washroom? It was a big, nice house, and he occupied the first floor, and if Pandir was around, he would only be on the second, apparently. All right, okay. Apparently. Still. I feel like I'd walk in and be like, fuck's that smell? It's <laughs> like fucking death in here. Yeah. What the fuck like is very, going on in here, Coley? It smells like 38 fucking people were killed here. What did you do? <sighs> also, you're like... Well, all he actually he only confessed to eating some of the the body parts, specifically organs. I don't know if he cooked them, but they did seize meat choppers, so maybe he was cooking them. But also, if you walked into your house, you'd be like, what's that smell? It's weird. Never smelled that before. Yeah. I... I... You know, I... Let me preface it by saying I am not making any comparisons. But when I walked into my basement once and there was a mouse like the size of my fist, maybe. That's a big on the opposite side of the room, which is fair like pretty far. And buried under a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. And it reeked in the basement. Yeah. So I'm imagining like Anyone trying to pull this off, mm-hmm. like, I cannot fathom how the fuck any reasonable person would walk into their home and not notice something. You are not alone in that mentality. Yeah, good. A lot of people were like, um, pardon me now? Yeah. You're going to say that you didn't know? That's wild. And this actually that leads this into- this rich and powerful guy is, in- yeah. is completely innocent. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That leads into this next part here um basically about how it's like that doesn't make sense that's confusing that seems to go against this mm-hmm. while this these like statements and these confessions that coley was giving were contradictory and inconsist- inconsistent mm-hmm. for example sometimes he would say that he ate his victim's liver other times he said that he would try to eat whatever organ but he would throw up so he would eat a different organ instead to try that but it 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 was gross and it didn't work, so he didn't eat eat them anymore. But then other times he was saying that he was eating each victim's organs. Yeah. What the fuck is it? Also, he would say that Pendir had no idea about what was going on. And mm-hmm. He had no idea what he was doing because all of these murders were committed and taking place when Pendir was away. Mm-hmm. But then other times he would say that Pendir is the one who was telling him to dump the bodies in the drains or bury them on the property. Yeah. So he he was very forthcoming with the information, but also very confusing with information because what did you do this or didn't you? Was Pendier involved or wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And there was so many inconsistencies and contradictory statements. Yeah, it's so weird. Why would you even do that if you like if he isn't involved? Why are you faking it? Also, maybe you shouldn't administer drugs and truth serum and it, it be as confusing. <laughs> i mean yeah i guess that was kind of the elephant in the room <laughs> it's not fucking accurate
So earlier, I had mentioned that on January 5th, Milayam Singh Yadav had announced that the state would seek investigative help from the CBI. With the testing completed, he confirmed the CBI would be taking over the investigation, and this would happen on January 10th. So Pandir and Kohli were taken to the CBI headquarters to be held in a Mumbai jail. Oh, shit. So the CBI was stepping in because they probably reviewed um, whatever they were given, probably could see whatever sort of sensationalized media stories were out there. And they were probably like, holy shit. Yeah. If there was ever a case we should take over, it's this one. Yep. And also have fun in a Mumbai jail. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I hope they were just absolutely fucked up. I'd imagine you're high profile. So while waiting to determine if the CBI would be taking over the investigation, mm-hmm. the central government, so remember, they, they call it central government, like for us it'd be like federal level. Mm-hmm. They had been inquiring this whole time about the process of the investigation and what was happening and how how big the magnitude was and all of that. Mm-hmm. And since it was obvious that everything up until this point, investigation-wise, was horrendous and fucked, there was this mounting pressure from the government of India to get shit under control. So the central government ended up establishing this sort of inquiry committee to investigate the allegations of negligence that the locals had been saying the police, that the police were negligent and all that. So the committee consisted of these four members and it was headed by Manjula Krishnan, who was the joint secretary of the newly founded Women and Children Development Ministry. Mm -hmm. So this committee was tasked with three main objectives. They were to assess the efforts made by the Noida police in locating the children who were missing. Yeah. The, they were to assess the level of cooperation and assistance provided by local administration, so local government, mm-hmm. to locate the missing children and unite them with their families. And lastly, this committee would go through the modus operandi and the motives of the accused. This was important because there was those initial uh, sort of fears of Oregon trade and anything else that was speculative happening at the time from this angry, concerned mob of citizens. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, what struck me is, like, the I I would put all my money into the fact that the reason this is fucking happening and all of a sudden all these things are happening on on the central government level is because the public lit a fucking fire yeah. under their ass. And they did. Yeah. And that is, honestly, it's the residents in this village, they are the reason that any of this happened. Because mm-hmm. they had to continually take things into their own hands mm-hmm. and act extreme in order to be heard. Yeah. And it is insane. Yep. So that this little like, committee that I'm talking about was essentially like a, a Band-Aid. So yep. it, it was this committee was established and was working while the uh, state government was waiting to hear if the federal level would step in and investigate. So it was just a band-aid to try and make people happy. Yeah, everything about that, they're even down to the three things that they have to achieve were just clearly 
an attempt to appease exactly. the public. Like, exactly. And we'll figure out why they did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, a public in general would like to know why serial killers do what they do. It's always a question. Mm -hmm. But what if, <laughs> priority wise, like realistically, there's a lot of other steps on that ladder that matter. Exactly. Yeah. And how you're saying like it was obviously just to sort of appease the public and mm -hmm. the inquiries and questions they were making. So the first thing that the committee did was meet with the parents of the victims to record their statements, mm -hmm. which thank you, because at this point, no one had recorded their statements because the fucking local police were not taking their first information reports. Yep. So they recorded their the statements from the from the parents, heard their side of the story mm -hmm. uh, when their kids went missing, all of that stuff on January 3rd, 2007. Uh, parents of the of the eight victims that were originally identified mm -hmm. and originally recovered, they were given compensation of twelve lakh, which is one point two million rupees, and that would be like us getting twenty thousand dollars. Get fucked. So that's twenty thousand Canadian dollars. <sighs> um, seven of those eight families actually returned the checks. In protest. Nice. Saying, like, these, these checks aren't worth shit. That's a fucking insult. My I mean, tr I was trying to say my, my child is missing. Yeah. I was saying I suspect this property and the people inside of it know where my child is. Mm -hmm. And now you're just trying to give me 20 grand to go away. Yeah, fuck your hush money, really. They ultimately quickly returned the checks. They were like, oh, thank, like no, like, please. Please keep keep your money. Take your money. Mm -hmm. So the families were like, S you obviously don't care. Yeah. You just want me to take my money and go away. Yeah. So they started demanding more compensation. They wanted houses. They wanted better jobs. And I unfortunately don't know if they got houses or better jobs. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm thinking? No, they didn't. No. Well, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But also what I was thinking was they were just... They, they were like, fine, you, you wanted to give us money to try and make your government look good? I'm going to fucking demand better jobs, better housing to put the spotlight back on how shit a job you're doing yeah. in every regard, yeah, not really. just they're, this. They're just throwing everything back in their face. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. Like you can't step in now and say you're doing your job when before it, it like when it took you this long to even come talk to me. Yep. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, like, I Canadian-wise, $20,000. Here's 20 grand for your dead kid, That's sorry. fucking ridiculous. I know. Such an insult. I your know. Your kid's worth 20K. Your kid's worth half a brand new car. <laughs> they, like, really? Uh -huh. Like, fuck. That's terrible. It is terrible. On January 17th, the committee submitted its reports. Mm-hmm. And they actually suggested to indict the Uttar Pradesh police for gross negligence in handling the cases of the missing persons. Allegations that the FIRs were never filed m must have been proven true based on all of their interviews that they did with the families mm -hmm. and having issued this monetary compensation. Um the committee concluded that the local administration, so the local government, mm -hmm. was negligent and irresponsible with dealing with the missing persons reports, and they 
did not rule at this point they did not rule out organ trade as a possible motive behind the killings okay so remember they had those three objectives of yep. the police negligence and mm-hmm. the organ tra- the modus operandi which included organ trade right so they that was it that, that was the, the report they submitted basically yeah the police seem negligent we can't out uh rule out organ trade here's my report <laughs> just so useless I know. <laughs> so following this report and yep. obviously public pressure because literally this investigation is going nowhere without public pressure yeah the Uttar Pradesh government suspended two police superintendents and actually dismissed six policemen for dereliction of duty okay so they were like you guys suck and also there's just there's a big spotlight on yes so you gotta go. yeah you're gone can you please leave out the back door yeah i wonder if they still got pensions oh well yes probably for the two superintendents because they were only suspended right yeah straight up dismissed was six policemen who was lower than a superintendent so i doubt they did but yeah mm. so that ended the involvement of the inquiry committee it was just talk to the victims, tell them they're going to get some money, and tell us what the what the mo is. Okay. Yep. And then they were they were out of there. Yep. But remember, the CBI had taken over the investigation starting January tenth. Mm-hmm. So you want to see what what they've been up to? You want to go into that? I absolutely want to find out what other well, hopefully grown ups in the room have been doing. Yeah. <laughs> Because honestly, like, I would imagine that the cops that got dismissed probably just got the 20k the fucking families returned. Oh, Lord. <laughs> like, honestly, that's where we're going with these fuckers. So, yes, I desperately want to find out what they're doing. Oh, my God. I'm just thinking about that. And that would be so fucked up. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I'm not putting it past them. So the CBI had registered 19 cases of serial killings in Noida. CBI Director Vijay Shankar said, quote, The government of India has issued notification. There are 19 cases and separate teams will investigate them. Okay. So basically, they determined 19 cases of murder mm-hmm. because there was 19 skulls recovered from the property. Okay, that's understandable. And when they say that they were registered and had been sort of filing these cases, they had to go back to the Noida police and register FIRs because none had ever been registered. Mm -hmm. So they had to work with people in the area the people who were saying their children were missing, the police that the people whose children were, were missing apparently went to to report it, and they had to start from square one and finally put into action these first information reports. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing the CBI did. File these reports. There's 19 cases. It's obviously a serial killing because all these skulls were recovered from the same property. Mm-hmm. And that was step one. And then they announced, we have these 19 cases, and we will have separate teams investigating 
the cases. So it isn't like 19 teams investigating the 19 cases. Mm -hmm. They had um, teams investigating them as a whole. So they had psychiatrists and different forensic experts that were going to take on the case. Okay. So they had a team of psychiatrists that were tasked with examining and interviewing Coley and Pandir just to sort of gauge their mental health and mindset and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a special team of forensic experts that were to analyze the evidence that was collected from D5 mm-hmm. and they were going to examine it for DNA extraction. So in the early stages of, of the investigation, the Noida police had been inside of that house and seized property. Right. And obviously all of the like excavation that had happened, the mm-hmm. CBI was now going to take all of that and do a second opinion on it. Okay. And re-examine everything. Good. So when the Noida police had been inside of the residence, they had seized the meat choppers, the guns, cartridges, uh, there was actually other things that had been seized. So in addition to those, there was a saw, yeah. a fuck ton of knives. There was liquor bottles, mobile phones, photographs, photo albums, and a bloodstained grill. Oh. Yeah. That's gross. So this, in addition to the other stuff that was sent, went with the CBI forensic experts. It was taken over to... Gandhinagar and mm-hmm. Hyderabad. God, I'm okay. sorry. It's taken <laughs> over there. Yeah. So that it could be analyzed for DNA. Hey, I bet those phones are going to suddenly expand the case count. Honestly, the phones never come up again. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm shocked. Especially because isn't Nordis, wasn't it uh, since its inception supposed to be an IT hub? Yeah, I was thinking it's an IT hub and also a fucking guy was using a goddamn cell phone for personal use that of one of his victims. I know. So I thought for sure he was just hanging on to a bunch of phones. Well, yeah, he was, but the phones didn't do shit for shit. Oh, probably because everything else pointed already to some other things. I mean, if they actually had investigated when they were told, maybe the phones would help. Mm. Mm -hmm. But it's way too late at this point. Yeah. The police chief already wiped it all. (laughs) Oh, God. The forensic investigators were tasked with visiting D5 to check for any new evidence and to review what had already been done at the property. Mm -hmm. So through January until March, the CBI worked the case, reviewed all of the evidence, did all of the DNA testing, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. On March 22nd, they came to a conclusion based on their investigation and all of the evidence that they had. And they determined that Pandir was innocent of all charges of murder because there was no evidence to suggest that he knew of the crimes, let alone was involved with them. Okay. And I mean. I'm, gra- I'm getting a pitchfork. Hold on. <laughs> We just grab their, my pointiest pitchfork. In their minds, maybe they were thinking what we are, which is it's impossible that you live in this house and live with this man and don't know 38 people at least have died in your house. And also, like, 
what's bothering me the most is the second that Coley had any kind of pressure put on him, he immediately just was like, just crumpled. Yeah. Just crumpled. So like, I don't know. I feel like you would get a vibe off this guy pretty quick. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's all just fucking speculation, but I just don't like it. I guess that's probably the crux of it. I don't fucking like it. Brianna. I don't like it either. And even if they didn't, it, at the end of the day, you got to look at it from a legal standpoint. And there is no evidence that suggests. Look, we've that. done everything we could. We we asked the guy. We drugged the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Nothing. Bubkiss. Part of their investigation was to interview people in his life. So when they spoke with his wife, Devinder, mm-hmm. her statements lent credence to him being unaware of the murders. Plus, she handed over his passport, mm-hmm. which showed he was out of the country when a lot of the murders happened. Um or when they are believed to have happened. And I read in one specific article that they know for sure he was in Australia at the time that the first victim was murdered. Okay. So that's solid evidence that he was not involved in the murder, but it doesn't mean he had no idea. No, it, it really doesn't. Bef- and even before, in Coley's completely inconsistent statements, he had said that Pangir was the one that told him how and when to dispose of the body, so... Yeah, I mean, like... It's just also complicated. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm saying he, I don't, I have doubts that he wasn't involved, but I'm not saying, like, he was doing it for, like, his own intentions or that he was, like, it was his idea. I just don't think you can go this far without recognizing something's fucking off. And, you know, whether he's, like, he was coaching him on how to do this for own reasons for him or not, you know, I don't know. I but, know. If someone's fucking killing people in my goddamn house and I was on a fucking vacation or a business trip or something, if I come back, you bet your ass I'm going to notice something. Why are my good knives? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like any little detail, though, like even like joking, like there's something, a bloodstained grill, Brianna. I know. Come on. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) But I'm not on the CBI. I'm a part of the CBI investigation, okay? Yeah. Look, he, he, he had too much. I'm calling it now based on zero expertise. Oh, great. Based on no evidence whatsoever. Welcome to Dyson's Hot Take. I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. Not a botanologist. I'm not, I'm not a geologist. <laughs> I'm not an archaeologist. I'm not a herpetologist. I'm not a marine biologist. But I think <laughs> <laughs> there's also like there's also like the he does have blackmail on the guy. Yeah. He picked up sex workers for him. Yeah. He probably did a whole bunch of other things for him. Ah. So, you know, a whole bunch of angles that I cannot rule this guy out just because he was somewhere else. Amen. So the human remains had been sent to a forensic laboratory. It's the Center for DNA Fingerprinting and Diagnostics in 
Hyderabad. 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 And they were sent here for further profiling and identification. Then they were sent to a laboratory in Agra to further determine the age, the cause of death, and other details like that. Very specific details. Right. So post-mortem reports of the bones discovered determined that Payal was the only adult victim. She was the 20-year-old that had gone missing. Her father tried to report and to no avail. Right. All of the other victims were reported to be below the age of 12. And the majority were young girls. There were some young boys, but most were young girls. Mm -hmm. Doctors at Noida Government Hospital revealed that the bodies were dismembered precisely and systematically with a quote-unquote butcher-like precision. Oh, yeah. that's gross. Coley worked as I a, knew it was coming here, but this is fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The postmortem reports revealed that there had been a pattern in the killings. So the CBI sources said, based on the remains, after strangling the victims to death, all of the bodies were then raped and cut into three pieces and disposed of in the drain behind D5. So we had I had told you before that smaller body parts were tossed into one drain, larger body parts were tossed into another mm-hmm. unless they were too big or it was the, he had time and he would bury them. Mm-hmm. All of the viscera was put into plastic bags and put into the into the drain as well so all these like plastic bags that they were finding those had like these random like decomposing parts and whatever that contained all of the parts of the torso that he was he wasn't gonna eat or tried and failed to eat this is all terrible but i just why would you put it in a plastic bag like if i i feel like it's a stupid question but like we have to get it out there to the drain if he wasn't gonna flush it out his toilet Okay. Or couldn't. Yeah, because I mean, like, I'd be like, wouldn't you want it to decompose naturally in the environment and it can't get neatly packaged? You just have a bunch of viscera lying around in your yard. That's true. Just yeah, throw it in the drain. Just, anyway, yeah. Hey, how about don't do any of this? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, go for a walk instead? <laughs> At least. Fuck. To- at least all of this, the CBI's findings, did match mm-hmm. Coley's confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like horror movies? Do you like hanging out with your buddy? Do you like cracking jokes and having a good time? Do you just like fun? Well, consider checking out Spoils of Horror. We are an hour-long podcast that comes out every single week. We're not doing reviews, we're just going to hang out, talk about the movies we love with each other, and hopefully the ones you love too. Covering everything from the popular, the lost, the forgotten, and the bizarre. If you're looking for a good podcast and a good time, you're going to want to check us out. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. We'll see you there. In July 2008, the 
fucking monsters, they went to court. Coley and, and Pandir, hand in hand, went to court. Mm-hmm. Hand in hand. That's not funny. <laughs> when they showed up, an angry mob was waiting for them. They were escorted in to the court, went through their trial, no incidences. Yeah. Upon them leaving. Yeah. Pandir was attacked. Yeah. <laughs> and the mob just consumed him. Oh, They fuck. just dragged him in. They beat his ass. They were pulling on his clothes. Yeah. To the point that when the cops finally got to Pandir to try and drag him out, yeah. he was already unconscious. Yeah. They, they gave him a good beating. Mm-hmm. So he was unconscious and he had to go and be hospitalized. He ended up being fine, but... Yeah. Shame. They were not having it. Yep. And like I can't help but wonder if like <sighs> one cop was like, Whoops. Oops, where's <laughs> Pandir? No. <laughs> they just grab him, he's like, No, stop. No. <laughs> no, don't. This is wrong. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly it all makes it, it it honestly all makes sense to me. I mean I and you don't wanna have to take some sort of like vigilante justice or take things into your own hands but especially the like cannibalism angle of this all i think that was the hardest part for the public to digest because like i had touched on in the beginning can well i mean to anybody cannibalism is fucked but uh majority of india is is um hindi hindi yeah and they don't eat meat. Yeah, they've they don't got believe a in killing animals. Culture built around vegetarianism. Yeah, and then you have this monster yeah. who is eating meat, but it's people. Yeah, and they're just like, and they're kids. Yeah, and it's kids. Yeah, and they're just pissed. They're like, this is the ultimate disgrace. What is wrong with you? Like, you are beyond a monster. So it just all makes sense as to why they everyone was so angry and pissed off, mm-hmm. and then that just piled on top of everything else Mm -hmm. so seven months after pandir got his ass beat the uh special sessions court pandir got pounded pandir got pounded (laughs) (laughs) silly (laughs) i couldn't help it so seven months after this okay seven months later on February 12th, 2009, a special sessions court in Ghazibad found both Pandir and Kohli guilty of the February 8th, 2005 murder of 12-year-old Rimpa Haldar. She was the first of the missing children. Mm-hmm. In some places, she's reported as being 14, but the CBI's report said all remains were 12 or younger. Okay, I'm going with that. I'm, so, I'm going to go with that. She's 12. Yeah. And another person, most of the reports, she's 12. I don't know why in some she's 14, but she's, we're going to yeah. go with 12. Yeah. Coley um, is the accused and Pendier is the co-accused. And they were both given the death sentence on February 13th, 2009. As the case was classified as... Oh, what I read and heard literally everywhere, the rarest of the rare. So apparently in India, 
the death sentence is rarely given. Yeah. So because this case is so heinous and there's so many victims and it's just all encompassing of absolute fuckery, the judge was like, this is the rarest of the rare and you are both sentenced to death. Uh, when the ver- verdict was read, Pendier broke into tears. He broke down. He was crying. And Coley just remained unmoved, just statuesque, totally frozen, didn't give a fuck. I can see how this is going to draw a conflicting feeling to a lot of people now. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I was like, well, I, don't, I think Pandir knew. Well. Did he? Yep. Oh, sorry. Did you have anything else? No, I was I was just going to say, like, what my, like I said, I was wondering, did he know? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't willing to say, did he do it? So I'm really surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people had those same sort of questions because after the sentence, the CBI issued a statement because there was all of these questions being raised about how the CBI could find Pendier not guilty, but the judge sentenced both of them to death. Yeah. So in the statement, the CBI clarified that they weren't soft on Pendier when they did their investigation. They had just purely gone through everything um, from a legally admissible standpoint. They just went through the evidence. They added that their probe was very thorough. They went through all angles. But at the end of the day, they couldn't find him guilty because no evidence was there to support it. Right. But they had sought the death, like recommended the death penalty for Coley and left the sort of um, quantum of punishment for Pander up to the court to decide since they were just, they were just an agency and they had no uh, like grounds to say what he should be charged with, especially death. Yeah. Because they couldn't find any evidence on it. Yeah. So this was the statement they gave because people had the same kind of questions as you. It's like, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Is he guilty or isn't he? Because you're saying he isn't. Or at, at least t- t- evidentiary, evidentiary evidence. The, yeah, there's nothing lock <laughs> solid on it. Evidence. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> I was gonna let you have it, but yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm concerned now. It's just all a mind fuck. Yeah, it's very much a mind fuck <laughs> because like now is the judge just doing this to try and reinstill a sense of justice? So basically, the judge had determined she said that coley showed no signs of any sort of whatever you want to call this horse no 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 like he he never displayed any sort of like red flags of being some sort of murder murdering rapist cannibal Mm -hmm. until he lived with coley when he lived with Coley, all of a sudden he became this monster. So it is proof that Coley was the influence. Uh, that yeah. Pandir was the influence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Coley was an innocent person until he was employed by Pandir who corrupted him. That's the way the judge worded it. Okay. So there's no way that Pandir could be innocent. Yeah. And he's just as guilty. That's what the judge thought. Uh, man, I really don't need any tools to poke a hole in that. I know. <laughs> though, cause it's that's... all... There's no point in, in harping on it because it's just... The way it is. It's what happened. 
it's all fucked. And and it's just, it's all so fucked because nothing was handled from day one. Mm-hmm. It just came to this point where all of a sudden you, instead of dealing with things one by one, as it comes in and trying to solve the problem, you just have this fucking dumpster fire that you have to try and sort through and make sense of. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's honestly just all fault of the police. It's all the fault of the police. Oh, yeah. Not taking Abs- it seriously from absolutely. the beginning. Yeah. On September 10th, 2009, the Allahabad High Court acquitted Pandir and overturned his death sentence. Okay. But he was, there There was this possibility that he could be resentenced to death if he was found guilty in any of the other killings. Because remember, at this point, it's just the one girl. Honestly, at that point, if they do, I am all for them giving him the death penalty. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just the fact that they couldn't find evidence initially, but they still came out with kill them both. And I just, I don't know, that gives me goosebumps. Something's really fucking ethically wrong with that. Honestly, this whole part is just going to be a mindfuck because the reporting is so bad. Okay. On May 4th, 2010, Coley was found guilty of the October 25th, 2006 murder of Artie Prasad, a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And was given a second death sentence. On September 27th, 2010, Kohli was found guilty of the April 10th, 2006 murder of Raknalal, a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or eight-year-old, it is reported differently. Mm-hmm. And given a third death sentence. On December 22nd, 2010, Kohli was found guilty of the June 2006 murder of Deepal Sarkar, 12 years old he was given a fourth death sentence on february 15th 2010 the supreme court of india upheld kohli's death sentence after he had filed a petition for mercy mm-hmm. and they were like absolutely not you've been convicted in literally four deaths death sentence trials yeah good get fucked. that was a hail mary on December 24th, 2012, Kohli was found guilty of the June 4th, 2005 murder of Chodi Kavita. She was five, and he was given a fifth death sentence. In July 2014, the president of India rejected another plea for mercy filed by Kohli. <laughs> Literally the president. He's like, what the get away from me uh no (laughs) absolutely not thank you for requesting this a little boost in my popularity now on september 3rd 2014 the court issued a death warrant against kohli the dasna jail in Ghazibad, where kohli was being held did not have hanging facilities Mm -hmm. so on the evening of september 4th he was transferred to mirut jail okay which had hanging facilities yeah Coley was to be hanged on September 12th, 2014, but then the Supreme Court had stopped his execution at a midnight hearing, saying that there was an inordinate delay in execution, so there was valid grounds for it to be commuted. So basically, his last trial was over two years ago when he was sentenced to death. So for over two years, he had been sitting in jail and had not been put to death. Mm -hmm. So him repeatedly filing on appeals and pleas for mercy made the Supreme Court uh, remove it and say that you didn't essentially have 
a speedy death sentence, so it's commuted to life. What the fuck? But don't worry. Yeah. Well, maybe worry. I don't know. Yeah. I, At least okay. in this in this case, they they were like, oh, sorry, sorry, bud. You're not on death row anymore. We'll just put you put you in there for life. But mm-hmm. there was still other murders he could be convicted in. Right. Other murder charges he could be convicted of. Right. Okay. It's still, it's see that's what I mean. This whole part's fucked and frustrating and stupid, and the reporting is bad. And I would hope the how court... many life sentences can you get? And oh my god. Yeah, because what the court's precedent there would be like, well, <laughs> if you kill enough people. You don't get the death penalty, but I think maybe the court's intention was convict him of the death penalty on the last few, please, so we don't have to keep doing this. No kidding. Yeah. On October 29th, 2014, the Supreme Court bench headed by the Chief Justice of India, H.L. Datu, rejected the death sentence review petition stating that the court had not committed any error in judgment. On January 28, 2015, the Al High Court reviewed another petition by Coley seeking commutation of death sentence. The High Court bench headed by Chief Justice D.Y. Chandatrad and Justice P.K.S. Begal commuted the death sentence for Surrender Coley to life imprisonment on the ground of inordinate delay in deciding his mercy petition. So that happened again. Mm-hmm. On June 24th, 2017, both Coley and Pendier were found guilty of murder and sentenced to death in the eighth murder trial. Okay. So it's honestly just all at this point, paperwork, bureaucratic nonsense, red tape, of we know you're going to have trial after trial after trial but in the meantime keep pleading mercy keep asking for your sentence to be commuted mm-hmm. because you could be spared or maybe they'll they'll keep realizing you don't want to die and they'll just let you get life in prison yeah it's it's just all essentially red tape yeah so for the remaining eight cases, because at this point, it's July 24th, 2017, they've gone through eight trials. Coley has been found guilty and sentenced to death in all of them, unless the Supreme Court has stepped in and commuted one of those sentences to life. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you still have death with all of the other ones. Yeah. Pandir was absolved of rape and murder charges, like I had said earlier, mm-hmm. but he was still sentenced to death in three of these cases um, on evidence of procure- procuring call girls, indulging in prostitution, bribing police officials, and destruction of evidence of offenses. Indulging in prostitution is the name of the charge. I wouldn't have said it otherwise. Yeah. But he couldn't Nothing could be pinned on him in relation to raping and murdering the children, so they got him on all these other charges. Which they said was worth the death penalty. I think, yeah. Plus, you had that judge who was saying, Coley wouldn't even have been a murderer if he wasn't living under your roof. I hate that argument, I hate that argument, too. I also have a huge problem with the psychologists that are involved in this case. (laughs) Documentaries I have watched and articles i have read uh, almost try and make you sympathize with coley 
and and it drives me insane because he literally murdered, raped, and ate children. up to 38 children. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what your life was like yeah. and if people can sympathize with you because people have a hard life, they don't rape, murder, and eat children. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. No. Wholly separate that. That's fucking ridiculous. How many people are impoverished and don't end up doing that? So despite appealing these verdicts on on both cases, uh, or uh, in both parties, yep. Pendier and Coley repeatedly appealing, asking for mercy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Both of them are still on death row to this day. So okay. they haven't been hanged, but they're they're there and serve some right. I hope that they just sit there forever. Fucking rot. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Uh... I'm not ever really in favor of the death penalty for other reasons. So I have no quarrels about him just sitting in prison in a Mumbai prison of Mm -hmm. all places, which by the way, here's a question. I wonder if they even have AC and he can just sit there and roast. Also, the Mumbai jail was definitely just while they were being transferred yeah. into cbi custody it's so not a good jail he's in now either i bet i hope not no, no. i don't i just don't know if, if they're in mumbai jail or not at yep. this point but they're like straight up incarcerated on death row so i actually yeah, i doubt it if they're on death row they're probably not in in the mumbai jail yeah i know they're not general pop So I I wanted to wait until the end to mention this because it was a huge part of the initial reporting on the case, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to mention it during the telling of this case because it was found out to be a rumor. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't want it taking away from any facts and stuff like that. But I thought I should still mention it in case anyone listening is somehow familiar with this story or has heard this part before and is like, why the fuck isn't she mentioning that? Because it's a big deal. Okay. So when investigators searched D5 and they were seizing the property from it, so like the meat choppers, the guns, the saws, knives, all of that stuff, um, they had also seized, quote unquote, erotic literature and a laptop connected to a webcam. And immediately... That's terrifying. Immediately, rumors started swirling of international child uh, exploitation. Yeah. The police also recovered photographs of Pendier with nude children and photographs of him with foreigners that were taken during his international business trips. Mm-hmm. Separate photos. A set of photos of him with nude children. Separate photos of him with international business people. Oh. Just so you don't think there's a bunch of naked kids. And I a did. Bunch of grown I, am, I immediately was like, wait. I was trying, I tried to write that in a way that could separate it, but I could see your face. Yep. So there's this, the separate cache of photos yeah. that was him with naked kids. Right. And a separate cache of photos. That was him with all of his like international business clientele. Okay. So 
connecting the international trips with the photos of him with naked kids, yep. people began speculating that Pandir was a pedophile who supplied such photos when he went on business trips abroad. So that I did not mention this because it was all discovered to be untrue. Mm-hmm. Because as the investigation went on, it was found that the nude children in the pictures were apparently his grandchildren. Um, I I don't know if that's the case. They're his naked grandchildren, but he remember he only had one son, and at this time his son would have been twenty three, mm-hmm. and I couldn't confirm that his son even had children, so I have no idea. Right. But regardless, there was no link found to children, uh, to to child exploitation. Mm-hmm. The laptop and the webcam were returned to Devinder, so Pendier's wife. Right. And then the story was classified as a media-created rumor. Okay. So just in case anyone listening is like, um, child exploitation was a giant part of this. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you talk about it? Yeah. It's... Because of that, it was essentially classified as a rumor, so I didn't right. want it to cloud anything. Right, yeah. This entire case is absolutely devastating. And a little bit. In my opinion, so many murders could have been avoided. The residents had suspected Pendier and Coley of involvement in the disappearance of children, and they had been going to the police for help. They were repeatedly ignored, and that part is so frustrating. Mm -hmm. The people reporting their children missing were poor. They did not have money. They did not have influence. And they were impoverished migrants from rural areas of India. They were working as rickshaw pullers, as street sweepers, laborers. And ultimately, Mm -hmm. their children were seen as less dead in the eyes of the police. Yeah. Sanita talked to a reporter from her makeshift laundry shop at the corner of the main road with tears rolling down her face, saying her daughter was kidnapped while playing outside of their house. She said, quote, we have been complaining about this for the past so many months, but police only want money from us. We only get abused and beaten by the cops every time we go to inquire about our missing children. End quote. Sanil Biswas, a father of one of the missing girls, said, quote, Policemen were reluctant to take the complaints and also misbehaved with me and my wife and showered abuses on us. They told us, why do you produce children if you cannot even take care of them? End quote. Ew. According to the National Human Rights Commission, more than 45,000 children go missing every year in India. In the case of the children from Nitari village, residents were trying to call action and attention to the children's disappearances. They were trying to protect their children. They were trying to get answers for their community, but they were shut down and seen as impoverished and irresponsible parents by people who had no right to label them that. People who instead abused their power by dictating what constitutes police action. In the end, Coley and Pendier got what they deserved, but it took way too long. That's a just absolutely devastating story of 
all of these children that were abducted and murdered and all of the other gross things at the hands of some fucking sicko manservant. Yeah. Some fucking, had to be a fucking butcher too. It's, it's so gross. Yeah. Good job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, it was really well told. I tried so hard. I know. It's a lot of work. I, I, and I do really think that Pendier knew more than I, trying to lead on. I'm still with. digesting it. I think he, I, I absolutely cannot think that he's innocent. But I I, I'm he, so conflicted on the death penalty based on no evidence of murder or conspiracy for murder, whatever you would call it. I think the big... Um, he's, he's technically put on death penalty for bribing. Well, there was the um, the sex work, which I don't know, maybe that's a big deal in India for Yeah, I know. To me, it's that. not, though. Like, it's, it's uh, for bribing work. officials and then for concealing and and destroying evidence so he's the co-accused in it coley's rape and murder charges mm -hmm. which means he was found guilty of destroying and concealing evidence in relation to murder and rape of children mm -hmm. so well yeah and the judge i keep coming back to this saying coley would never have done it if it was not for you pendier Oh, yeah, I guess. Just, ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it but all, too. But I'm glad they're in fucking prison, just sitting there right now. I hope they just wither away and, away and rot, and no one visits them, and they get dysentery. I hope Coley gets rickets. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episodes. Even though it was a bit bleak, we hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Please take a little bit of your time to rate the show. Subscribe while you're at it, wherever you're listening. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Send us um, case suggestions. Okay, every week I ask for them because I want them. At the end of the day, you're the listeners. I'm telling yep. you guys the story, so tell me what you want to hear. And you see how much information I deliver. So if there's something you're fascinated by, tell me. Yeah. And I'll tell you about it. Next week will be fun. It'll be different because we're going to shake things up. We're bringing on a new guest, one of my nearest and dearest friends, Paige. Yeah. And she'll be joining us to bring us over into the world of cryptids. Ooh. It will be so cool. So be sure to tune into next week's episode so that you don't miss it. Um, And I mean subscribe then yeah if you subscribe then you won't miss it yeah okay thank you love you guys seriously you guys are great we'll catch you on the dark side bye i hate their name mclobe you don't like mclobe no it just makes me think of earlobes Okay, well, thank you very much for that. Now I'm going to think of earlobes. I love this ultra earlobe. Can I get the uh, earlobe, please? Oh, no, 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 no. just the ultra. <laughs>